What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Abgenommen bedauert. The Shadow of Fu Manchu. Based on the series by Sax Roma. Shroud of dense yellow fog. Streetlights, weird as elfin lamps, grow mistily like something fashioned in a dream. The murmur of creeping traffic is low, hushed, mysterious. Behind an ancient wall surrounding unkept lawns, a vast, gloomy old mansion crouches like an evil beast of prey. Amidst walls concealed in heavy tapestries, magnificently figured in golden dragons. The floor carpeted with rich, deep-piled Chinese rugs. At a huge dragon-legged table, covered with scintillating globes, tubes, and instruments, unknown to Western science, sits that master scientist, that prince of evil, Dr. Fu Manchu. Enveloped in a heavy yellow silk gown, he thoughtfully studies through long, narrowed eyes that glow with a green light, the fashionably gowned, exquisitely beautiful Eurasian woman who stands beyond the table, watching him fearfully. Presently, he nods slowly, leans forward, and... You have followed my instructions, Karame? The message has been delivered to Sir Crichton Davies at number five, West Spoon Road. Good. And our friend who believes he can forestall the hand of Dr. Fuman too. Mr. Nayland Smith, the detective. What of him? Well? At this moment, Master, he approaches the house of... of Dr. James Peter in Baker Street. <laughs> oh, Dr. Petrie of Baker Street. A fool to be pitied. Then it is time, Tarame, for me to finish my business with Sir Clayton Davis. Ah, uh, 
her at this time of the night. A body cannot get any sleep in this house. Will? I beg pardon, ma'am, but is Dr. Petrie in? And where else would the doctor be at this hour but at home, where our self-respecting people should be? Come in. Uh, wait a moment. Yes, come in. A gentleman to see you, Dr. Petrie. Oh, oh yes. Uh, what are you saying, Mrs. McGregor? I said there'd be a gentleman to see you. What, at this time of the night? Why, it's midnight. Why can't these patients come at the regular hours? Uh, oh, well, uh, show him in. Will you sit in, sir? Thank you. Why, Nayland. Nayland Smith. Bit of a surprise, APC, old chap. Didn't expect me, I'll wager. Anyone but you, old man. <laughs> I thought you were in Burma. Well, this is a delightful surprise. Excuse me, P.P. What are you doing? I'm putting out your light. <laughs> well, what's wrong? Well, I'm not mad, P.P. But before you're very many hours older, you'll know I have an excellent cause for caution. Just a second. Good. The one watching from the street. Perhaps I've arrived first this time. It's all right. You may turn on your light now. What is all the mystery, Naylor? You break into a man's room at midnight Mystery and you... enough, old chap. But first, a bit of scotch, please. Oh, neat or soda? Neat, if you don't mind. There you are. Thank you. Now, you're on leave, eh? Leave? <laughs> no, Petrie, no such luck. I'm on duty. In London? You've been transferred home? A roving commission. Here today and gone tomorrow. Well, uh, tell me. Uh, what's it all about? First, let me show you something. Wait until I take off my coat. Ah, look at my arm. Ever see a wound like that? Hmm, not exactly. Nasty looking arm, old chap. Quite healed, though. Hmm. Good job it got you in the fleshy part of the forearm. Appears to have been deeply cauterized. Right, very deeply. It had to be. An arrowhead dipped in the venom of a hammer dryad went in there. A hammer dryad? The most deadly of all eastern reptiles. There's only one treatment. A sharp blade, a match, and a broken cartridge. Hmm. Devilish strong treatment. And even then, it's touch and go. An accident? That's the point. It was not an accident. And at this moment, I'm on the heels of the man who extracted the venom from the snake, prepared the arrow, and caused it to be shot at me. Oh, you're, you're joking. Does that wound look like a joke? And that man, unless my calculations are wrong, is now in London. And you hope to find him? Petrie? I've traveled from Burma, not in the interest of the British government merely, but of the entire white race. And I honestly believe its survival depends largely on the success of my mission. Well, sounds rather fantastic, old man. If it only were fantasy, but I'm wasting time. I came to you because you're the only man I can trust. Aside from my chief, I hope you're the only one who knows I've left Burma. How can I help you, Naval? District practitioner is hard I must as I have to... someone with me all the time, someone I can absolutely trust. It's imperative. Petrie. Can you spare a few days to a weird and dangerous business? Oh, well, of course. My practice doesn't confine me too closely. Good. Then we start now. Now? You mean tonight? Tonight. There's one move we must make immediately. I must warn Sir Crichton Davy. Crichton Davy? Of the Indian Bureau? Exactly. He's a doomed man unless he follows my instructions without question, without hesitation. Oh, yes. Better take your pistol. We'll get a taxi at the corner. Come on, Petrie. Hmm. We must hurry. There isn't a single moment to lose. Oh, beastly fog. Crichton Davy, eh? Oh, influential man. One of the political bigwigs, Petrie. And for that very reason, nothing, absolutely nothing can save him if he hesitates to do as I say. Oh, here's a cab. Get in. 
Number five, Westbourne Road, as quickly as you can. The fog, Governor. Thick as speed soup. Can't make any speed, sir. Do the best you can, and there'll be an extra couple of bob in it for you. I don't, sir. Petrie, I don't know when the blow will fall, nor how, nor from where. Nevertheless, our first duty is to warn him. You know the criminal, Nayland? Uh, who is he? The Prince of Evil. The ultimate expression of Oriental cunning. A superman of incredible genius. A phenomenon such as occurs only once in generations. Had he so willed, he might have revolutionized science. And the greatest scientist of our day. Odd how some mental geniuses turn their talents to evil, eh? Hmm. But who is he? What does he look like? Imagine a man tall, lean, and feline. High-shouldered, with an expansive brow like like Shakespeare, and a face like Satan. A close-shaven skull and long, magnetic eyes of the true Cat Green. Invest this personality with all the cruel cunning of an Eastern race accumulated in one great intellect, and you have a picture of Dr. Fu Manchu. Mm, fantastic character, old chap. Fu Manchu. Suggests an assumed name. Perhaps, perhaps not. However, it's Here not... Here you are, Just stand around there. Quite a crowd there at the entrance, Nathan. Oh, constable. Stop here, driver. Wait for us. Come, Petrie. Keep moving. Keep moving. Don't crowd up here. You can't get in. What is it, Constable? Your authority, sir. Special Inspector, Criminal Investigation Department. Oh. What's uh, happened? Uh, it's that, Inspector. Sir Carlton Davy is dead. Dead? Then I'm too late. Inspector Weymouth is up in the library, sir. Thank you, Constable. Here we'll you go off. Come along, Petrie. Murder, Nayland? Of course. Clever, insidious murder. And I'll wager he's left no clue. Oh, I suspected Crichton Davy would be next, and I was right. But I'm too late. That's hard, Petrie, to think I knew and failed to save him. Here, the library. I say, he was here. The great Dr. Chalmers Cleave of Harley Street. Never mind him. I want your diagnosis. Inspector Weymouth? Uh, yes, yes. Who, who might you be? Special Inspector. My credentials. This is Dr. Petrie, my associate. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Well, I'm glad you came, gentlemen. There's a bit of a mystery here. Uh, Dr. Cleave, Inspector Nayland Smith, and Dr. Petrie. Dr. Dr. Cleave? Dr. Your opinion, Dr. Cleave, as to the cause of death. Frankly, Inspector, I don't care to venture an opinion regarding the uh, immediate cause. Sir Crichton was a morphine addict, but there are indications not in accordance with morphine poisoning. A post-mortem would establish the fact? Possibly, if we ever arrive at the fact. What do you mean, Doctor? Just that. I doubt very much if the true cause of death can be established. The most mysterious case, Inspector. You don't mind Dr. Petrie making the examination? On the contrary, I should value his opinion. Please, Petrie. Over here, Doctor. Uh, on the couch. Hmm. Features oddly puffed. Clenched hand. Hypodermic mark on the left arm. Uh, oh, this faint red mark on the right forearm. You've, uh, you've noticed it, of course, Dr. Cleave. Yes, not unlike the imprint of rouged lips. Uh, not a birthmark, I can vouch for that. A local inflammation, I should say. Uh, well, I, I rather doubt that. Nor anything constitutional. Does it suggest anything to you, Petrie? I'm sorry, Nayland. No, nothing. I agree with Dr. Cleave. It's most curious. Heart failure? I can't be certain. As Dr. Cleave says, a post-mortem might clear the atmosphere. Uh, Inspector Smith... Uh, perhaps you'd like to question Sir Crichton's secretary. Uh, this is he, Mr. Burgoyne. Oh, thank you, Weymouth. I understand, Mr. Burgoyne, Sir Crichton was taken seriously ill in this library. At half past eleven. I was working here. He... 
In the little study there. Hmm. I see the connecting door is closed. It was closed then? It was. Always is. It was open, however, about 11.25 for a moment when a message came for Sir Crichton. Message? What was it? I couldn't say. It was brought by a district messenger. I placed it at Sir Crichton's elbow on the desk. Yes, and then? Five minutes later, Sir Crichton burst open the door and staggered in here with a strangled scream. He fell to the floor. And as I lifted him and carried him to the couch, he gasped something that sounded like the red hand. Before I could reach bell or telephone, he was dead. Hmm. The red hand. You believe he referred to this red mark on his arm? No, sir. I do not. The red hand. The red hand. Hmm. I wonder. Could it? Great Scott. The Zayat kiss. The study, Burgoyne. Have you been in there since the Crichton died? Why, why, yes. For a glance round only. Uh, that is, I, I, I stood in the door. You didn't go inside? Why, no. Windows, other doors, everything. Closed or open, did you notice? Closed, sir, tightly. I, I came out again immediately. Fortunate for you, old man, that you're not at this moment lying there beside Sir Crichton. I do! What's that? Petrie, Weymouth, come with me. You others stay clear. The instant we're inside that study, Burgoyne, close the door. Petrie, at the least sign of movement, on the furniture, floor, anywhere, shoot and shoot quick. Come. Careful, gentlemen. Don't touch anything on your life. That wailing. What in the name of Petrie, stand still. There it is. Don't move.
Inspector Nayland Smith has discovered the object of Dr. Fu Manchu's presence in London to be the elimination or abduction of Europe's outstanding scientists, inventors, statesmen, and the engineering of their deaths or their transportation to the headquarters of the Black Poppy Society, a secret organization of super criminals located in the interior of China. With Dr. James Petrie, Smith arrives at the home of the Crichton Davy, the first on Fu Manchu's list to find that the British statesman has already fallen a victim to the insidious Dr. Fu. While Smith, Petrie, and Inspector Weymouth of Scotland Yard are examining the death chamber, a strange, weird cry is heard outside the house. A movement in the window catches Smith's eye. He fires! Nathan! What was it? Wait, Scott. Must be losing my grip. Smith, every shot. What the devil was it, Smith? Whatever it was, it's gone. Slipped out of the window just as we came in. You heard that cry? Of course. What were you shooting at? Something in the window? I didn't see it clearly, just a glimpse. And that cry, you heard it before? In India, the cry of the Dacoit. In this instance, it was very probably used to call back the thing that caused the Christ's death. Inspector Smith, are you all right? Open the door, Weymouth. Let yes. them in now. There's no danger for the moment. Oh, shot, Inspector. What was it? Never mind that now. This envelope on the desk. It's the one that was brought to Sir Crichton just before we arrived. The same, sir. He started to open it. I'll wager it contains blank paper. <laughs> there, you see? Yet it served its purpose. But blank paper? Now look. No, don't touch it. Smell. Hmm. Peculiar scent. What is it? A rare species of orchid. It grows only in certain sections of Burma. Travelers who pluck it have often been found dead. With nothing to show the cause of death but a small red mark on the face neck or arm, such as we just found on Sir Crichton. It's called the Zayat Kiss. You recognize the scent? At once. I'm certain that the Zayat, a deadly poisonous creature which kills the traveler, is attracted by the scent of the flower. But Fu Manchu, how did he... He's undoubtedly brought the Zayat with him, along with a supply of the orchid bulbs which he grows to feed the thing. Then you figure this, this weird thing followed the scent into this room where Sir Crichton was at work and... Uh, wait. Didn't Burgoyne say the windows were closed? That one is open. Open from outside. Vines are easily climbed, and Sir Crichton very likely had the envelope in his hands when the Zayat summoned. And you believe the Zayat was recalled to whoever brought it by that wailing cry? Have any of you a better theory? By Jove, it's unbelievable. Fu Manchu must be a fiend incarnate. He is indeed, Weymouth. His methods are insidious, to say the least. Now, while you're finishing up here, Petrie and I will have a look at the garden. Come along, Petrie. Uh, just what do you expect to find out here, Naaman? I really don't know, old chap. Probably nothing now. However, you take this footpath, I'll take that other. We'll meet at the rear of the house. And keep your eyes open. Now, just what the devil am I to look for? Hmm. I wonder. Oh, by Jehovah. Thank you, pardon. Forgive me, Dr. Peter, if I startled you. Hmm. Now, who are you? Tell me, please. Is it true that Sir Crichton Davy has been murdered? Murdered? Well, I, I can't say definitely. But he is dead. Yes, he is dead. But who are you? I am no one who you know. But I have information for the police. This letter. Will you give it to the proper person in authority? Person in authority? Well, that would be Special Inspector Nayland Smith. Yes, I'll see that he gets it. And when you have given it to him, leave him at once. Uh, but I say, uh, uh, wait a moment. You... That's strange. I wonder what she wants. Pity, Pity, that woman. Who was she? I don't know. Uh, she gave me this for you. 
Information for the police, you said. Describe her. What a lovely creature, Naaman. Eyes and hair as black as night. A skin like... Did you notice a crescent-shaped scar at the outer corner of the left eye? Why, yes. You know her? Know her. It's Caramay, his daughter, Petrie. What? You let her slip through your fingers. You might have forced her to reveal his hiding place. Two men choose daughter? Oh, that's impossible. She's not Chinese. Eurasian. But what difference whether his daughter, wife, or slave? She's nevertheless his spy. Employed to get this letter into my hands. Here. Smell it. Recognize the scent? Great Scott, Nick. It's the same. She told me to leave you as soon as I'd given it to you. Yes. She was a high card to play, but Fu doesn't know that I hold a higher. I, I don't understand. That woman's one of his keenest weapons. Fortunately for us, she evidently became attracted to you, or she wouldn't have warned you. Oh, that's ridiculous, Nalan. I didn't even know her name. Nevertheless, it's true. And you know what the receipt of a similar letter meant in Sir Crichton's case? A horrible death. Right. Come on, we finished here. Uh, now, Nalan, I followed you blindly in this business. I haven't insisted on explanation. Now, I must know what this is all about. I'll explain on the way home. We're not safe here. Well, you certainly don't believe you'd try a shot at Oh, you. no, Petrie. Fu Manchu scorns the use of noisy weapons. Oh, come. There's a cab across the road. Oh, cab. Well, where to now? Baker Street. Oh, my place? Yes, here. Get in. Huh. 21 Baker Street, driver. Right, old sir. I say, Neyland. Someone took the cab behind us. I think it's following us. I expected that. Well, if I escape alive from this business, old chef, I'll know that I lead a charmed life. But aren't you going to try to throw them off? Useless. Wherever we went, Fu Manchu would find us. You no doubt still wonder why a servant of the British government lately stationed in Burma appears in London in the character of a detective. Or rather. Simply because I stumbled onto a clue quite by accident. I discovered definite evidence of the existence of Fu Manchu. Well, is he an emissary of an eastern power? I can't say definitely. But I do know that a certain eastern power will be requested to see that Dr. Fu removes himself and his influence as far and as quickly from England as possible. And if your eastern state refuses? Then, Petrie, anything may happen. A fanatic man. A madman with unlimited power. He's much more. Whether a fanatic or a duly appointed agent... Fu Manchu is undoubtedly the most malignant personality existing in the world today. He's a fluent linguist, both in civilized and barbaric languages. He's an adept in all the arts and sciences a great university could teach him, and many black arts that no university could possibly teach him. He has the brains of any three men of genius. But what is his object? His object? Why did René Corot fall dead in a Paris opera house? Heart failure, wasn't it? He died because his last speech had shown that he held the key to the secret of Tonking. And what became of the Grand Duke Stanislaus? Do you remember? Uh, suicide, as I recall it. He alone was fully aware of Russia's growing peril. He alone knew the truth about Mongolia. That knowledge caused his death. But Sir Crichton Davy. He was the only living Englishman who understood the vast importance of the Tibetan frontiers. I'm beginning to see, Naaman. Yes, it was their knowledge of the East that doomed them. When any great leader dares to arouse the West to a sense of the awakening of the East, he's destroyed. Incredible. You mean to say that Fu Manchu controls this, this terrible secret movement? Exactly, Petrie. Fu Manchu and none other. Here you are, Governor. 21 Baker Street. Eh? Oh, yes. You are, driver. Thank you, sir. Look. That car back there. It stopped. Followed us every foot of the way, Neyland. Of course, Petrie. Come on, let's go in. 
But, but they followed us all the way. Aren't you going to do anything? Of what use? We could prove nothing against them. Further, it's very evident that an attempt will be made upon my life tonight. And by the same means, that proved so successful in the case of Sir Crichton. You can't mean that he'll make an attempt against you here. I mean exactly that. We'll have an opportunity to observe the Zayat kiss in operation very soon. The scented letter given you by the woman is ample proof of that. Now, what caused Sir Crichton's death, Mayland? What is the Zayat kiss? I don't know exactly. Some sort of insect, I believe, which is attracted by this perfume. Well, what sort of insect? Again, I say I don't know. But forewarned is forearm, Petrie. Fu Manchu has made the blunder common to all men of unusual genius. He's underrated his adversary. Let's go into the bedroom. Now let us appear to make preparations to retire. I'm sure we may rely on Dr. Fu's servants to attempt my removal, if not yours. Well, I say, uh, roll those golf clubs in that blanket and put them in your bed. I'll do the same with these pillows in mine, eh? Yes. Uh, there we are. And now? I'll turn out the light and take a chair into the corner by the door. We'll be hidden by anyone looking through the window, yet we'll be able to see a silhouette against the window in the moonlight. Lower the sash. Right. I shouldn't have long to wait. I've put the perfumed envelope on the coffee table in the center of the room. You know, it's a climb of 30 feet, Malin, from the garden to my window. To a dacoit who very likely operates desired kiss, an ivy-covered wall is a grand staircase. Two o'clock. Presently, Petrie. Presently. You have your flash? Yes. And my pistol. Good. When I give the word, turn your flash on the envelope on the coffee table. Don't shoot. This golf club of yours will do the trick. Are you certain, Malin? Look. The window. Look! Hold the light steady. Quick, man! Quick!
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Shadow of Fu Manchu. Based on the stories by Zach Romer. government to bring to justice Dr. Fu Manchu, the arch-criminal, and the head of the Black Poppy Society, Special Inspector Naylon Smith and his associate, Dr. James Petrie, arrive at the London home of the Crichton Baby. British statesman, too late to save him from his dire kiss, death through the bite of a deadly, poisonous insect. Smith has discovered the object of Dr. Fu's presence in London to be the elimination of outstanding scientists and political leaders of which the Crichton Baby was the first on Fu Manchu's list. Back in their Baker Street quarters, a similar attempt on their lives is frustrated by the quick action of Nayland Smith. Careful, Petrie. I think I've killed it. But even in death, the thing is venomous. I caught Nayland. What? What is it? Come here. Look. Don't touch it. Have you ever seen a giant centipede? Look at the size and color of the thing. It's at least six inches long. A vivid and venomous red. Apparently, it's of the Scolopendra group. The shape's absolutely strange to me. It has something of the appearance of a huge ant. Look at these long antennae and numberless legs. Mm-hmm. Never seen an insect move so incredibly fast as this thing ran around that scented envelope. What? The man who brought it. That... Never mind the dacoid, Petrie. Nemesis will know where to find him. We at least know now what causes the mark of the Zayat kit. It's definitely placed. Aye. Science is richer for our first brush with the enemy. Hmm. I understand now something that's been puzzling me since Burgoyne mentioned it. Sir Crichton's stifled cry, the red hand. When we remember that he was almost past speech, it's reasonable now to suppose his cry was not the red hand, but the red ant. Horrible, Nayland. 
And to think I failed by less than an hour to save Sir Crichton from such an end. Oh, it's a tough case, Petrie. But I swear to get that murderer sooner or later. Meanwhile, in the great tapestry-hung room of the gloomy old mansion in High Street, the yellow-robed Fu Manchu issues his orders to a trusted henchman. And what do you mean by results, Master? Results, Lal, are what I demand and expect from my servants. Thing has failed me. And your orders, Master? Eliminate Thing at once. In the usual manner. To hear is to obey. And what of the detective? Nayland Smith? Oh. <laughs> it appears that I have underestimated his abilities. Leave him to me, Lal. Presently I shall think of a method whereby we may put both Nayland Smith and his friend Dr. Petrie aside. I say, Petrie, when you finish with that paper... Hello? Dr. Petrie? Uh, speaking, Weymouth. What is it? I'm calling from the Whopping River Police Station. Could Mr. Smith come down here at once? Uh, just a moment, Weymouth. He's right here. Uh, speak to him yourself. Oh. Hello, Weymouth. What is it? I'd rather not say over the phone, Mr. Smith. But it's important that you come as soon as possible. Bit of a follow-up of last night's case. Right, Weymouth. We'll be down at once. Must be important, Petrie. And if Fu Manchu's at the bottom of it, it's probably something ghastly. Come on, we'll motor down to the station. It'll save time. We'll get a cab at the corner. Yeah, I wonder what the to I'm Nayland Smith. I want to see Inspector Weymouth. Uh, Special Inspector Nayland Smith. Yes, yes. Is Weymouth here? Uh, uh, this way, sir. Right in here. Oh, uh, Mr. Smith. Glad you came. And you, Dr. Peepley. Oh, well, and ask Inspector Reimer to step in here. Uh, right on, sir. All right, Weymouth. What is it? Over here, Mr. Smith, on the table. I'll remove the sheet. Oh. Who is it, Weymouth? It's Cadby, Dr. Petrie. The most promising lad at the yard. Disguised, eh? Rough sailor garb. Stained skin, gold ring in one ear. Aye, and look at his left hand. Three fingers missing. It appears as though they'd been chopped off, Weymouth. It was almost the same with Mason. A week ago, he went off in his own time on some funny business down St. George Way. And the following night, Thursday night, the 10 o'clock boat got the grapnel into him off Hanover Hole. His first two fingers on his right hand were clean gone. His left hand was frightfully mutilated. Hmm. Oh, uh, this is Inspector Reimer. Special Inspector Neil and Smith How and Dr. Petrie uh, Reimer. How do you do, Inspector? I uh, overheard your remarks, Weymouth, about Gadby's and Mason's mutilated hands. That last show we picked out of the river, both his hands were mutilated in the same manner. Are these things on the table found in Gadby's clothing? Yeah, right, sir. Watch, money, knife. Hmm. What the devil? Chinese pigtail. That's why we sent for you. It appears to be the first clue pointing to the authors of these strange claims. A false one, of course. Attached to a most ingenious bald wig. Yes, we believe it's part of a Chinese makeup. Cadby was clever at disguise. Disguise, yes, but certainly not used by Cadby. Now look here. Too small by inches for his head. And look how the crown's padded. This thing was made for a most abnormal head. Where did you find him, exactly? Uh, Limehouse Reach on the commercial dock pier, exactly an hour ago. And you last saw him at 8 o'clock last night? That's right. How long has the man been dead, Petrie? Oh, roughly 24 hours. Then we know that he was on the track of the Fu Manchu group, that he followed some clue which led him to the neighborhood of old Ratcliffe Highway. You're sure, Weymouth, that that's where he was going? Yes. He liked to work things out alone. It would have meant a big lift for him if he'd pulled that case off. 
He left the yards at 8 o'clock to go to his room and dress for the job. Did he keep any record of his cases? Of course, we all do. In that respect, he was particular. You'll want his book. I'll get his address. He almost succeeded where we failed, Petrie. There's no doubt in my mind that he was hot on the track of Fu Manchu. Mason, the other officer, probably blundered on the tent, too, and met with a similar fate. Without other evidence, the fact that they both died in the same way as the Dacoit would be conclusive. For we know that Fu Manchu killed the Dacoit. Exactly. But, Inspector Smith, what is the meaning of the mutilated hands? Oh, heaven knows, Reimer. Cadby's death was caused by drowning, you say? Well, there are no other marks of violence, but he was a strong swimmer. And Mason was like a fish in the water. Here's Cadby's address, number 22, Cold Harbor Lane. You'll find his case book in the cupboard on the sitting room, uh, top shelf, right-hand side. Here's his keys. This is the cupboard key. Thank you. Come on, Petrie. We must move along this time. Yes, yes, of course, Nayland. Good job we kept the cab. Number 22, Cold Harbor Lane Driver, as quickly as you can. Joe, that we're only in time. Manchu is sure to come there. This time, Petrie, we'll... Wait. The pigtail. I forgot it. Stop, driver, stop. We've got to have that pigtail, Petrie. Uh, uh... Don't wait for me. Go to the address and get that book. Come straight out to Scotland Yard and meet me there. Oh, but Nayland, I'll wait or we'll go back. A few minutes can make no difference. Do you suppose Fu Manchu's going to leave evidence like that book lying about? It's a thousand to one he has it already, but there is just a bare chance. Go on, driver. What do you want? I'm Dr. Petria. Sorry to bring bad news regarding your tenant, Mr. Cadby. Bad news, eh? Oh, well, that was to be expected. The company tip. What with that wailing at the back of the house last night, and tonight again, just a moment before you knocked. Wailing? Just now? This police car just let me in. Where's Cadby's room? Uh, uh, first floor, second door to your right. There's a woman in there now. Don't move. What are you doing in this room? So I did get here in time. Oh, Dr. Petrie. What have you taken from that cupboard? Give it to me. Oh, I, I have taken nothing. Oh, Dr. Petrie, you must go at once. You are in terrible danger. Please, please go. Not until you give me what you took from that cupboard. Then you're going with me to the police. I will tell you all I can, all I dare. I know how to deal with your friends. But with you, I, I am lost. If you could only understand, you would let me go. Let you go? You have no claim to mercy. I am not free, as your English women are free. What I do, I I must do, for it is the will of my master. And I am only a slave. And you, Dr. Petrie, you are not a man that you can give me to the police. You have no heart if you can forget that only last night I tried to save you. You lured Cadby to his death. Oh, no. No, I swear I did not. I spied upon him, yes. But it was because he would not be warned that he met his death. I could not save him. Then save yourself. By telling me where I can find Fu Manchu. Oh, I dare not. I dare not. Not if you would go to find him. Your friend, Leland Smith. Yes, I, I would tell him. And he would die. Oh, that's ridiculous. Come on, tell me. Could you hide me from him if I came to you and told you all I know? Well, uh, the authorities would uh, have... Ah, the authorities. They can put me on the rack if they choose. But not one word would I speak. But to you... I will tell all I know. Very well, then. Speak. 
Tell me where I can find Fu Manchu. Oh, no. No. Not now. Not yet. Good heavens. Ah, I have been waiting for an opportunity to meet you personally. Fu Manchu. No, no. Do not reach for your pistol. It would be useless. Take him now. But be careful. Very careful. He must remain alive for the interesting little experiment we shall perform later.
Special Inspector Nayland Smith of New Scotland Yard's Criminal Investigation Department has been recalled from Burma to investigate the activities in London of the super scientific criminal Dr. Fu Manchu. Through a series of mysterious murders, Smith discovers a clue to the whereabouts of Fu Manchu, who has meanwhile cleverly trapped Dr. James Petrie, Nayland Smith's friend and associate in the Limehouse Den. We find Nayland Smith, Inspector Weymouth, and Inspector Mackay of the River Police gathered in Weymouth's office in Scotland Yard discussing the disappearance of Dr. Petrie. In the end, there's an opium den in one of the burrows of the old Ratcliffe Highway. They call it Singapore Charlie's. Do you have anything on it, Mac? Yes, Weymouth. It's the center for some of the Oriental societies, I believe. But all sorts of opium smokers use it. There's never been any complaints that I know of. However, we might try it, isn't it? We will. Meanwhile, what do you chaps make of this? I found it in Cadby's room, in the fireplace. Someone burned several sheets from his case book, and these are the charred fragments I rescued. Can you make it out, Raymond? Uh, hunchback. Laska went up, unlike others, did not return till Shen Yan. I don't believe there's any doubt about Shen Yan's name, Mr. Smith. Turn me out. Booming sound. Laska in mortuary. I could not identify for days or suspicion. Tuesday night in a different makeup. Snatch pigtail. The pigtail again. Whoever burned the torn out pages burned them together. They lay flat, and this must have been in the middle. However, now we have a reference to a hunchback. And what follows amounts to this Alaska, amongst several others, went up somewhere at Shen Yan's and didn't come down. And Cadby, who was there, noted a booming sound, eh? Right. Later, he identified the Lascar in some mortuary. We have no means of fixing the date of this visit to Shen Yan's, but I'm inclined to put down the Lascar as the Dakoit who was murdered by Fu Manchu. The position, of course, but probably correct. And it's evident that Cadby meant to pay another visit to the place in a different makeup or disguise. Exactly. And the Tuesday night proposed was undoubtedly last night. The reference to a pigtail is interesting because of what was found on Cadby's body. And it all hooks up with the disappearance of Petrie. Someone else was in Cadby's room searching for that book when Petrie arrived. And even if Petrie hadn't scratched on the wall, I am taken. I'd still know it was Fu Manchu. God help him, Mr. Smith, if he's fallen into the hands of that fiend. I'm into that. Well, it's exactly 10.20. I'll trouble you, Weymouth, for the freedom of your fancy wardrobe. I'm going to Shenyan's tonight. Risky business, that. How about an official visit? Oh, worse than useless. By your own admission, the place is open to inspection. No, Weymouth. We're dealing with the most stupendous genius the modern Orient has ever produced. I don't believe in disguises. Still, if you're determined, there's an end of it. Foster can make him up. What character do you propose to adopt, Mr. Smith? Oh, the usual rough seaman. Something like Cadby. I'm going with you, of course. Not necessary, Weymouth, old chap. I can handle it. I can pretend to smoke opium as well as another. They make a first-rate seaman. I'll be going along, Mac. Come. We'll drop down the river from Wapping and reconnoiter close to the riverside. Then, Mac, you can put us ashore somewhere below. In here. A bit of a job for you, Foster. Yes, sir. This is Special Inspector Nayland Smith. How do you do? How do you do? You ought to make him up as he directs. I'll put on my own outfit. A rough seaman, Foster. Gold earring and everything to go with it. Right, sir. Will you sit here in front of this glass? Do your best on him, Foster. He'll need it. Uh, right, Inspector. Anything else, women? What do you say, Mr. Smith? Keep the police launch close to the back of the place, Mac, with the men ready. Your fellows, Weymouth, should loiter about close to the front, near enough to hear a whistle. I've arranged for that. If we're suspected, are we to give the alarm? I'm not sure yet. Even in that event, I might wait a bit. Now don't wait too long. 
We shouldn't be much wiser if your next appearance was on the end of a grappling hook somewhere down Greenwich Reach with half your fingers missing. <laughs> I'll try to have all my digits when you see me next. Yes, sir. All of them. There you are, sir. That's the best I can do. Your own mother wouldn't know you. Look. Hmm. Good job, Foster. <laughs> I don't even recognize myself. How are you coming, Weymouth? Ready. By the old Harry. <laughs> You're a villainous looking beast. <laughs> well, you'd hardly instill confidence in a child yourself, Weymouth. All right. If we're ready, let's start. We'll stop in the assembly room. I have a few orders for my men. That Eurasian woman you mentioned, Smith, Tara uh, May, I believe you said her name was. Just how does she figure in this business? She's one of Fu Manchu's keenest weapons. Beautiful and extremely clever. But I place my hopes for Petrie's safety in her. A slim hope, my friend. She's one of the enemy. Yes, but she's in love with Petrie. In love with him? Great Scott, how long has he known her? 24 hours, to my knowledge. But he doesn't know she loves him. She saw him the first time at Sir Crichton Davis' home the night Sir Crichton died. Oh, love in the East Weymouth is like the conjurer's mango tree. It's born, grows, and flowers with the touch of a hand. Little enough to put one's confidence in. Well, here we are, the assembly room. Guthrie and Lyle, get along you two and find a dark corner which commands the door to Singapore Charlie's off the old highway. You look the dirtiest of the troop, Guthrie. You start an argument with Lyle, but don't move until you hear the whistle inside. And note everybody that goes in and comes out. That's all. Yes, sir. Come along, Lyle. You other two belong to this division. Yes, sir. You're on special duty tonight, but don't let that enlarge your chests. They may get deflated with a knife. You know of a back way into Shenyan's? Yeah, there's an empty shop opposite, sir. I know of a broken window at the back we can get in. We could get through to the front and watch from there. Good. See, you're not spotted. And if you hear the whistle, get into Shenyan's as fast as the devil will let you. Otherwise, wait for orders. Understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very well. Get at it. The launch is waiting, Mr. Smith. Righto. We might as well get started. Out this way, through the back. Takes us to the police stop. Suppose Fu Manchu uses Shenyan's place. How do you know he's there tonight? I don't know, chap. But it's the only clue we have pointing to one of his haunts. Uh, who is he, sir, exactly? This Dr. Fu Manchu. I've only the vaguest idea, Mac. But he's no ordinary criminal. And he has the backing of a political group whose wealth is enormous. That's his object, Smith. His mission in Europe is to pave the way, if you understand what I mean. He's the advance agent of a movement so epoch-making that not one Britisher nor one American in a hundred thousand can even conceive it. On your left, past the wooden pier. Enough of the lamp is just beyond that, next to the dark square building. Shen Yan. Drop us somewhere handy and lie close in with your ears open. We may have to run for it, so don't go far away. Righto. That's all, lad. We'll put in at the stone stairs. Quiet now, everyone. Shop front is camouflaged, so it looks like a barber shop, Smith. Although I don't suppose a man has been shaved there in years. Easy, men. Here we are. We'll be handy if you need us, Mr. Smith. Right. Come on, Weymouth. There's the place. Across the alley. Hmm. Come along and leave the talking to me. Hey, Charlie! Come out here, you blinking heathen! What do you want? Oh, no, no, get heavy tonight. Uh, too late. Close the shop. Now, don't you come none of that with me. 
Get inside there and give me and me mate a couple of pipes. Blimey, hear me? Smoky pipes. Blasted scum. Savvy? Oh, no, 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 no can do, no can do. there. Here's your money. Keep me waiting, I'll pull your shop down and you can lay to that. Oh, no, I've got pipes. Uh, pull up, no loom. You come see. You see, uh, no, no room, like I tell you. It's an empty corner there, ain't there? Plenty room. You bring me two pipes quick, or you'll get your blicking head knocked off. Oh, give me the pipes, Johnny, oh, and stop everybody for lava. All right, uh, you sit down, me touch them pipes. How much time we must wait in all this? Pretend to sleep. We've got to work fast, right? There's a stairway back of that ragged curtain. And there's your hunchback. He's taking chosen men upstairs somewhere. That's our objective, Weymouth. The hunchback is Cadby's notes. There's one of your dacoits. Look at his right hand. Who meant you is up there? These men come here for their orders. Now rush the stairs when I give the word. You're near us, so you'll have to go first. If the hunchback follows, I'll take care of him. Ready? Ready. Now, up you go. <laughs> There he is. By the great old Nick. So you are the notorious Dr. Fu Manchu. At your service, Inspector Weymouth. And yours, Mr. Nayland Smith. I have been expecting you. Drop your guns, gentlemen. They are useless. You are covered from several angles. What have you done with Dr. Petrie? Dr. Petrie? Oh. A worthy companion, Mr. Smith, who comprehends the value of silence. Up to the present, I have been very unsuccessful in my efforts to make him speak. You are just in time, gentlemen, to witness his, uh, demise. Draw the curtain, Lyle. Petrie, good lord. Remain where you are, gentlemen. You cannot help him. And since he is gagged, he cannot speak. You will note that he stands on a trap. When I touch this lever... He will go the way of Mason and Cadby. Don't cut that lever, Dr. Two. I'll tell you where you stand. Great Scott. He's pulled the lever. The light, Weymouth, the light.
Among Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.